Welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast that guides you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape. We talk almost exclusively first issues because that's what you care about as someone who is intrepid trying to explore the comic book landscape and find new stories that they find interesting. And we hope you read along with us. Today we're going to be covering Wolverine and Bang, uh, two books that we were very excited for. We'll see how excited we were after we read them in a little bit. But first, with me as always are Budget King. It's me. Greg. Hello. Caitlin. I'm back. And I'm Mike D. And we're going to start off by talking about something that I don't always get excited about, but I had a little bit of a buzz off of some of the news and things that I was seeing from Toy Fair 2020. It was this past weekend, a lot of fun toy headlines. Thought we would cover off on some of those things that we are pumped for, one of which I already texted you guys. It is that those old Tiger handheld LCD video games are coming back. Are they with the same graphics or are they updated graphics? I think they are exactly the same. Oh, boy. And it, it's, it's repetitive. It's just like the same dumb thing where your character is going up and down and up and down. <laughs> but I remember playing them for like hours in like yeah. car Is trips. it like the equivalent to like what those bit clips were for like your favorite songs, like yeah, your favorite right. games? It's like that for that. Yes. And I it, saw a post about bit clips the other day and I was like, this is <laughs> ringing some bells and that's for me. Like, those are like those like USB drives that just play like a minute of yeah. a song that you like, like yeah. an NSYNC song. Mm-hmm. God, could you do you remember when you had to go purchase like a thirteen songs for fifteen dollars yes. <laughs> at a physical location? Yeah, yeah. What Instead a, of just doing it right now on my phone in front of yeah. you all, you know Fucking what I assholes. You know what I miss though <laughs> is like when a new I, ugh, this date dates me and I'm <laughs> embarrassed at some of this stuff now. But when a new Smashing Pumpkins album would come out, I would be at my record store. On I can't even remember what day albums came out. Was it Tuesdays? It was Record Store Tuesday. That was it really? Yeah, they I would. Ch- they changed it to Friday like eight years ago. Did they? Yeah. I, I would meet so many cool people at those things, like waiting until midnight to buy the new b- album that I wanted to hear. I I remember going when Kanye and Fifty Cent had their feud, and buying two copies of. Uh, Kanye to like boost him over the 50 cent feud. Yeah, because he said he was going to retire if yeah. Kanye sold more than yeah. him. Yeah. And he just fucking destroyed him. Oh, annihilated <laughs> him. Yeah. It's crazy that there was ever a question that 50 cent might outsell Kanye right. West. So <laughs> one of the things I read um, from someone who went to Toy Fair was that it was basically an exposition for Baby Yoda stuff. I have to imagine that's true. Yeah. And if you Google right now just, like, highlights of Toy Fair, you're either going to find stuff for very, very small children or Baby Yoda things. Mm-hmm. It's the new Furby, man. I think the two things that I saw the most were Baby Yoda things. that, And I wasn't even looking. It was just that people had sent or I was part of conversations I was having. Baby Yoda and the pre-fix um, Sonic thing. I think yeah. you shared it. Oh, yes. my yeah. God, yeah. It's like, crazy, right? I think those are the two things that people fixated on, like, this is ha- this is out there. This is what this is about. How do you just um, put those toys out? You know what I mean? Like, you you knew that uh, you were going to switch up the graphics to your movie. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck the toys. Kids hate toys. Let's just put them out anyway. <laughs> like, push your merch back, like, six months and just, like, change it up. It makes you wonder, I, I wonder if it was more expensive, if it'd be more expensive to remake the toys. Had to have been. Yeah, than all the effort they probably put into redoing all the CGI for the movie. Then that is shocking. Because they were able <laughs> to redo a, a whole movie Yeah. in, what, less than eight months? Yeah. Well, the, the print time for toys must be longer than eight months then. That... Is wild and crazy to me. There was there any um like oh what's the thing that I don't even know why I can't think of the name like pop uh, dolls Funko Pops yeah, tons fun. of Funko Pops yeah they released like 
different series that were coming, one of the things I was seeing a lot of were Marvel versus Capcom stuff. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're I like that. They're pairing like Captain Marvel with uh, Chun Li and stuff like that. Nice. So we're going to be getting a lot of those sort of things over the next year. I think I saw for the Funko Pops, uh, they were doing a, a Marvel Zombies line. Mm. And they're doing some Pokemon, which, Jesus Christ, as soon as they start doing Funko Pokemon, like, I know. that's another Has that build. not happened before? I don't, I. I think this is their first real dabble into yeah. it of just like, oh, wait, we which want more money. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a completely saturated else. market yeah. already. Yeah. Those things, speaking of production costs, those have to be the cheapest mm-hmm. toys to make. They're the garbage pail kids. Right, because you have the base that you can use for basically anything. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. People collect them like fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. There's well, they're still, I mean, there's, I like, I like them. I don't yeah. know. It has to be something that appeals to me, but like. We own under like, 10. But here's the thing, though. We do not. 11. No, we have minis, too. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that came from an advent calendar. That's religious. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, please tell me, you're not paying like. 30 bucks a pop for, oh, like, no, collector's no. item ones, no, no, right? No no. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's people who are, like, completionists who are buying, like, the fuck out of these. Yeah. And this bubble is about to burst a la Beanie Babies real soon. That's, I think that's the major difference. I'm not buying them because I ha- I feel like they As hold a any value. Yeah, yeah, monetary or, It's a like fun trinket to, like, decorate your yeah, area yeah. with, like, yes. stuff you love. Yeah. I mean, I have a Jim Henson one, and I love it. We have more than it's one Dark Crystal one Jim now. It's a Jim Henson. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wait, 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 wait. And he's holding in his hand a little Kermit the Frog. Yeah, it's great. Aww. It's great. Is he dying of the common cold? Yes. <laughs> he has influenza and refuses to yeah. see a doctor. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cute. <laughs> the the Funko Pop thing, I mean, there's whole stores dedicated to the to selling of these in malls. Yep. Um, and it's like... I don't know. It, it's a little bit beyond me. I went for about 20 minutes on this, like, uh, clickbaity thing of, like, metal bands that have been Funko Popped. <laughs> Which shouldn't be a thing. They have yeah. a lot of things that, that you're like, I don't, exist. yeah, I don't understand why this crossed over. That I got to 38 out of the 40, and I was like, I'm kind of done with this. I want a Funko Pop of the NFL robot, and then we can call it quits. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a deep cut. They that's do good. football player Funko Pops. Why yeah. am I not surprised? Yeah. I've, they I'm, do everything. It's probably they literally do find, everything. It's probably They've been doing all the '90s shows. They do Parks and Rec. They do the Office. Like the, anything you can think of. I want a Funko Pop of Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Please don't <laughs> put that into the ether. <laughs> I'm willing it. I'm using the secret. I was taught by Oprah. It's in the universe <laughs> well, now. Can I Manifest. get a Funko Pop of Paul Blart? Ooh, <laughs> oh my bad. god! I actually would. Like on a Segway. But like a, I would like one it. One of the oversized ones. Like a big one. Yeah. Well, right. wasn't that Baby Yoda one we saw like actual life size to the model? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> we it should, could do a Paul Blart like that. We should all assign ourselves a Funko Pop that if we see it at C2E2, yeah. we have <laughs> yeah, to buy it. it. Like if you see a Can Paul Blart yeah. Funko Pop, well, there, you have to buy it. It's not going to exist. I mean, we I could. I don't okay. know. Well, no matter what it costs. <laughs> well, hold on there. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The rare gold. Paul Blart version. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, Google this right now. I say Paul. we do like a draw from a hat, and whichever oh, one so we good. get, we have yeah. to buy. Yeah. No Paul Blart. No. What a yeah. shame. Uh, what else? Toy Fair. There's a. There was only a handful of things that I think I would purchase. One of which was Hasbro's doing a new line of X Men stuff that. I can't remember what exactly they're referred to, but it's like some sort of like kit thing where you kind of pop them together. And there was a really sick uh, Nimrod figure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, I think those come out of like the Gundam collection. I got to gots to have. It looks so fucking cool. It looks like a Gundam sort of was thing. Was it like a Is Marvel it, Legends? It's one that you build, though. It's a kit. I I don't know that it's necessarily like a complete kit that you build because it looks like pretty put together. But the name of it, the name of the toy line kind of makes it sound like something. Greg's has it on the tip of his tongue, I it's, can tell. It's the Marvel Legends Build-A-Figure. Okay. So you have to collect like eight of the Marvel Legends, and each of them come with a piece to build oh. Nimrod. Oh, wow. No, you know what the build-a-character is this this year? Is Sugar Man. 
the weird giant robot face thing. Yes. What? Have it's you, like a random. Do you guys X-Men know what villain. Sugar Man is? No, but now I. It's it, terrifying. Oh no! And I'm like, who wants a Sugar Man? <laughs> Nobody. I, I kind of do now, even though I don't like scary things. This is. Or go, we'll Google it. It's really like the quick. worst B horror movie villain you ever could imagine. <laughs> Speaking of fucked up things, um, this is a little bit comic related. Scout Comics, yeah. a smaller publisher mm-hmm. in the world of comic books released earlier in the week that they are going to be making six imprints within Scout Comics. Yeah. Ranging from children titles to scary books to adult Scout stuff to, like, just plain old adventure books. Our main comic book store in Kansas City doesn't even carry Scout. Right. (laughs) So So, so imagine (laughs) that. (laughs) I just want to go around the horn real quick. Yes or no, is this a terrible idea for Scout Comics to do? I think this is a very bad idea. For Scout. Well, how how many different... I was just trying to look it up. How many different categories... Oh, I can read them to you right now. Like me... Like, I'm just trying to... Can we... It doesn't seem like it it um, necessitates that many imprints. No. I, well, Scout... Some people would call Scout an imprint. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's technically... I understand that it's technically not, but it's it's such... It's a small press indie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I will say this. Maybe it's so crazy it just might work. <laughs> Well, I just, I would, yeah. I, would. I said the same thing about Easy Cheese. I also want to say this. They got at us on Twitter and said, you want to interview all the creators? And I was, so I don't want to shit yeah. on it because I'm kind of like, yes, I yes, do. Yes, we do. Actually, I will say this to, to Scout and to all the creators. Your logos are fucking horrible. Yeah, you need to fix the logos. Like, honestly, they're, they're, they're dog shit. The Scout logo's fine, but your imprint logo's... Like who did that? Are uh, look like an afterthought. Yeah, they they look like they got done in like a high school design a logo class. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe it was a contest. Local high school. It very well could have been. My impression is that 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 would dilute the brand so much to have all these imprints. My, I'm guessing a new exec came in and was like. We need to define who we are, so we're going to have a mystery imprint and a horror imprint and an action-adventure imprint, not realizing that it was going to do the opposite of what they wanted to do. It's going to splinter them into six different areas. I could see, like, them looking at, like, Hill House Mm -hmm. on DC, which I don't know the sale numbers, but I know the shop talk is that those have just been so good. Yeah, and then DC Black. I feel like the shop talk is still there on that. That it's so good. So if they're following the DC model and they want to create all these imprints, I guess. But I don't really like. I mean, indies creating imprints, I is not like a thing that they do more than like a couple down. I've never heard There's, of one. No, here. you don't do it at all. The thing that confuses me is the outsider one. Like, it's just focusing on underrepresented um, people, themes, stuff like that in comics. And, like, why further separate that? Why not just and integrate call, that into and, all oh. your stories? Why call it outsider? Right. I don't... Why not I'd, mainline that? I'd like to hear more about the decision to separate that out versus... I just... I hope, I hope is, it's not watering it down. Yeah. Like, watering down all of the different genres instead of... Kaylin, you hit you hit it on the motherfucking nose. The one of the reasons I love indie comics is like their representation. There's so much representation yeah. in independent comics compared to mainstream comics. And I don't want to be like, cool. I have to go to like, it'd be the equivalent of being like, here's here's our urban imprint. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to have like, I just don't want that to like further <laughs> stigmatize. Where's your rainbow? When label? that's clearly yeah. not the intent behind it. Yeah, right. That is weird. I like I like a lot of scout books too. So yeah. kind of like well, and I think Mike D, you were right. A new like exec did come in. Like, oh he, really? He's like a big shot Hollywood guy. Okay. And so I think this is their attempt to be like, why stick to one brand when we could stick to seven? And I like, think is he a Hollywood guy that knows a lot about comics? No, he's written like <laughs> screenplays and scripts and stuff, and he had enough money where he's like, you know what I want to do now. So he's breaking it Comic down books. into film genres. And yeah. that's what he's doing. This is what I think they're like doing. That. I think they're just buying yeah. these comic book scripts, uh-huh. thinking they can flip them and turn them into TV shows. And that's and where the, that is where the money grab is. And I'm and Scout has seen a little bit of that money come through selling. Yeah, the Stabity Bunny 
porn parody and <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Whatever the fuck the, they have. The, conversely, I think it could be smart to establish Scout as more of like if you have an umbrella, it maybe puts you at a pinnacle of some sorts to where you do end up having your own universe that looks more like it's under you versus you're just putting out a lot of content. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a bold ass move. Yeah. You're you're asking a lot of the market too to recognize what like Scout ooh zoom like is. Like yeah. oh I prefer Scout Zoom books mm-hmm. <laughs> to like Scout Outsiders books. Well I right. mean I, I'll straight up tell you <laughs> in the record label world making an imprint or vanity labels does jack fucking shit. Like and then basic marketing theory would be you don't want to dilute your brand and you don't want to subbrand a subbrand or yep. you don't you certainly don't want to do too many subbrands so not a lot of like uh popular theory on what they're doing to support this as a good decision no i mean it got us talking about it on a semi successful podcast so yeah rolling the dice it's like going in and being like what's what's the last ranked nba team uh for this season a million dollars down just let's try it. Let's let it, let it roll, baby. <laughs> let's, yeah. yeah, let's roll those dice. <laughs> There's already teams qualifying for the playoffs, <laughs> and you're like, I'll put a mill on the last place team. I'm going to put a million on the wins. Buccaneers. A football team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a crazy man with a lot of money. John McEnroe is going to win a gold medal for swimming this year. I'm going to ride my jetpack out of here. I'm Bloomberg. (laughs) Oh, I love the reveal of your Bloomberg impression. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Bloomberg here to remind you to vote this year, November 2020. Will you want a candidate you can depend on who's got a little chain in the pocket? Change in the pocket, excuse me. He's got a wallet chain. He's got chain. a wallet chain. Wow. Yo, He's hip. Hey, Bloomberg with I've a wallet chain. I've misjudged him. You see this backwards cap in this chain wallet? Take that, Bernie bros. <laughs> Bloomberg, you've suddenly become so relatable. Hey, what can I say, dog? <laughs> Remember when I was mayor of New York City and people kissed freely? Imagine that countrywide. Kissed freely. <laughs> hey, in the back. Due to my no kissing tax, people were kissing like wild. In the back of your Acura, what CDs are in your CD booklet? In mine, I have Gloria Estefan. I have the best of Mambo Number no. Five. The best of. There was a lot of remixes to that song. I got the best of them. I got Tanya, Erica. <laughs> That's right. Keep going. I uh, got a couple Dinosaur Jr. albums. Uh, whoa. Hey, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I'm from New York, baby. I'm on the pulse. Oh, boy. Apparently. And uh, James Taylor. I could have called that. Yeah, yeah, everyone pretty much did. What's your beer of choice? Oh, the blood of the poor. <laughs> they can that now? Yeah, it's thicker because of all the uh, b- preservatives that they have in their food. Wow. Yeah. I knew <laughs> something was keeping you youthful. Yep. I'm a vampire. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Even if I don't win this year, I got the next millennia to try to win. <laughs> Trump's going to die eventually. <laughs> I'm so glad you entered the race, and I'm so glad you came onto our podcast. Well, what can I say? I'll go just about anywhere to to uh, make my name heard. Do you even like comics? No, I don't even like politics. <laughs> I just got to spend this money. I got too much of it. I feel I that, tried brother. to buy. I can't buy anything else. I've bought everything else. Mm-hmm. I've bought an island. This voice of yours is... It's, it's Bloomberg. <laughs> Tell me this isn't Bloomberg. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. Tell Bloomberg to tell his me. face that I, that isn't Bloomberg. I will not. I will not tell you. I I have a confession. I have never heard him speak <laughs> a second in my life. I don't even know what voice that was. That's a crazy prospector who is now rich. <laughs> Guess what? There was gold in those mountains, and I fucking mined it. 
my god. I think the best Bloomberg meme I've seen is it's a blue hat and it says make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. And that's what you'll get with Bloomberg folks. So mm. should we talk about who we're gonna vote for in the election? <laughs> no. Do you know? I think I'm a Bernie guy. Okay. Right now. Yeah. I'm a burner. Well he's the I mean, he's the front runner for. Yeah, yeah that really wasn't a fucking hot take from me. <laughs> I think I want to go with the front runner, guys. Call me wild. Oh, yeah. You're gonna go with the guy who's winning. Well, I think I want to go with the white guy. He seems like he kind of gets me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I don't really have you a. Hot, it, I, I don't have a hot take. I'll just take whoever wins. I just. I'm waiting for the moment to pop for Papa John to throw his hat in the race. <laughs> Just like three garlic dipping sauce for everybody. If I were Republican, though, I think we've wrapped up news. Um, I hope so. If I was to guess right now, yeah, no, thank you. I think people dip out when we talk about politics. And one thing we talk about a lot on here is uh, politics. We could have a whole separate podcast about Alon and his (laughs) father, Alon, and his girlfriend. And their child and all that kind of stuff. We go deep on Grimes and Elon. Didn't were you, were you guys talking about the fact that he said, to be honest, Bill Gates isn't really that smart or something? He was, he was bored. Like, he was yeah, bored I with was his bored ideas or whatever. With, with my conversation with him or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which okay, coming out swinging. <laughs> Father Elon. At no this one, point, no one needed he's that an commentary. Yeah. I I respect it. When you're like, do you a, think he was trolling everyone? That when, had to have been it. <laughs> it it doesn't. I, I don't because he's so rich. He knows he can just say whatever he wants. Well, and he's little, out little of little touch person. with the reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He may not actually be trying to elicit a reaction. He may just be like, "Yeah, this is what I think." Give me your finest weirdo singer. <laughs> I need to breed. <laughs> Alan is full with seed. No, 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 no. Give no, me no. your grimes. <laughs> We've been watching Give her. Give me your finest weirdo singer. <laughs> What do you mean, Bjork's taken? God, give me, give to me, Grimes. Alon is at the best of Grimes, and he's at the worst of Grimes. Uh, Wait, here's what's happening right now. The three of us are having a great time. Budget King, you seem recoiled back into yourself. What is happening? Oh no, no, no! I I had this thought where I this is exactly what happened to me just then. Where it seemed like you were not having a good time during all that. No, no, no. So I was like, we've done this before. We've done this before. We've done this joke before. We did this before on the episode that we lost. <laughs> oh. We, ta- we oh, talked yeah. about his EDM track. And then I was like, oh, God, I had a whole bunch. I had a whole 20 minutes of jokes of Elon that the world will never hear. <laughs> <laughs> you just had an existential crisis. Did it say dirt? something? <laughs> I'm giving up on you. As you just look into the microphone. I was just like, the world will never hear these amazing jokes we had on the line. I referenced something that doesn't even fucking exist. If you don't record it, the forest never makes the sound. I looked over at you, and you looked like the cat that had just gotten its teeth brushed. You were just like, I did. I was slipping into darkness right there. The void. Can't touch tongue to roof of mouth. Someone put a wallet in my mouth. Man, if losing Alon jokes is what sends me into the void. You're doing pretty good. I feel sorry for my family. Man, you're... here's, Here's been my my ride with the new Grimes album. First time I listened to it, hated it. I thought, what a weird train wreck and just smoosh together of genres layered on top of each other doesn't make sense. Second time I listened to it, I really liked it. (laughs) Third time, I'm all in, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And let's get this podcast... Darted. Darted. <laughs> Darted. Up first, we have Bang on Dark Horse Comics by Matt Kent and Wilfredo Torres. Caitlin, what is Bang about? Oddly enough, I think that Keanu Reeves described this book pretty well. They got a fucking quote by Keanu they Reeves did. on the cover they of this sure motherfucking did. comic. 
And he said he, well, I'm not going to read the actual quote because I don't know it. Because you don't want to say the F word? Oh, does it? You can say it. Oh, it says, a great fucked up blend uh, uh, of James Bond and Tintin. Yeah. It's, it, that's pretty spot on. This, um, you think they really got Keanu Reeves to give them a pull quote? Oh, absolutely. That's insane. I mean, I think he's kind of into the world enough after John Wick to be maybe on the periphery of... of... Yeah, okay, cool. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, a long line of international men of mystery must confront themselves as their newest namesake struggles to keep up with the sci-fi writer with all the answers, Philip Verve, in this fast-paced trippy tale. Yes. Yeah. This is a trippy James Bondy tale. This is um, a Matt Kent book, which we love Matt Kent here. And this book got rumored of being optioned before it even got released. So it might have been hard for you to grab. Correct? Yeah. It's, I think it's rare that comics sell out on huge retailers like Midtown Comics, for example, before the Wednesday they drop, and as soon as this was on sale, it was out. Matt Kent had recently done uh, Black Badge and some other stuff, so he has a lot of hype. Um, I want to get to like his self-referential stuff later Yeah, in, in, in here. Um, but this is, I think it reads like just a kind of a straightforward James Bond Um and then it has, like, a little bit of twist and turns. But this is very, like, it felt like a Matt Kent book, would you guys say? Yeah. The the trippiness, like, akin to mind management or the thing of, like, you're not really sure what's reality, what's not, definitely seemed to be in his wheelhouse. One thing that I'm liking from Matt Kent lately is that some of his books, to me before, were a little too ethereal or strange and... It seems like he's hitting a place where he's writing much more mainstream sort of things, and it's not taking away from what I love about his other books. Like, Black Badge was super easy to follow and very accessible and still had that Matt Kent vibe. Um, Same thing with Folklords. Same thing with this book. Agree? Yes. Whereas, like, Department H and... Mind management and ether are at times very difficult to follow. Heady. Yeah. A little too heady. Real and heady. Some of the ideas are too abstract that when you have a month between issues, you're like, what the hell? Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. What the hell just happened? I don't think that's going to happen with this book, even though it is kind of like a space-timey, multiverse sort of it thing felt, that we're tiptoeing into. Yeah. It felt a little bit more like... If Archer was serious, or more serious, yeah. you know what I mean? I agree right. with that. Yeah, like not so, not not all the way into James Bond, where everything is, because you've got this weird sci-fi writer mm-hmm. guy, and that's not typically a character you find in James Bond. But it's so it's a little lighter, less heady, but still not quite a a fun romp. Yeah, you really like. Did you guys have a moment where? I think none of us really knew anything about this book before we started into it. Is that correct? Correct. No idea. Yeah. Was there a moment where you were like three, four pages into this and you were like, this is James Bond. How are they getting away with this? Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Cord. <laughs> Thomas Cord. Cord. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's very like sexed up. Fanny. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, well... Matt Kent did do Super Spy, and he like he does kind of like like this campiness of like stuff. So I was like, this could feel like a Matt Kent book. And then like it didn't really get into Matt Kent stuff until the probably the third act, yeah, mm-hmm. of the comic, um, which makes it a very straightforward, just like CIA book. Yeah, right. Uh, which is actually really fun and kind of refreshing. Yeah, I I like the well so. This book kind of has like two gotcha moments, mm-hmm. in, where in the beginning you think you're be you're gonna be following this one character, he's disposed of very quickly, and so then you are thrusted upon this other character who has the same name, yeah, and you're like, well, that's kind of strange, and then you slowly learn that the name is kind of like 007. It's just kind of like a thing you earn, and you are just 
replaced and your memories are swapped in and out and they kind of are, are brainwashing you. And then, like, the second gotcha is at the end, you meet, like, this author who is maybe writing all of these stories yeah. or, like, kind of tied into this multiverse scenario. And, like you said, it's very Matt Kent and yeah. the most straightforward Matt Kent we've gotten since Black Badge, I think. It's it's so weird to think about what if James Bond the movie, James Bond was the same person in all of these movies. And why does he look different all of a sudden in like this mm-hmm. movie and then stays the same for a little while? But you're telling me this is the same guy who did this in the 60s and then did that in the 70s and so on and so forth? Like what? What when you're starting to hear that unravel for the first time, I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. So can we get to the editor's note? Yeah. Then? Okay. So first of all, read the fucking editor's note. This will be a spoiler. If you haven't, so if you if you read this comic book and you didn't read the editor's note, pause it. Right, pause this podcast right now and then go read the letters to the editor. Well, hold on, what? we read it on Comicsology, yeah. so maybe we didn't get the editor's note. We read it like the final chapter thing, the, the book pages we read, but I don't know that it had anything else in it. So there is an interview, like a dark horse interview with Matt Kent. That's not in there. Spill it for us. Okay, so what? Uh, this is how the experience goes. You're you're getting an interview from Matt Kent from like generic dark horse um, publicist or whatever, which happens in a lot of dark horses books. Yeah, and he starts to go. He asks him one question. And he says, "How are people like? Aren't they going to just confuse you with Jeff Lemire? Don't you think most people pick up your books just because they think you're Jeff Lemire anyway?" And and he he answers and goes, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like. They're fucking publishing this? Yeah. And then they get into this part where he's like, how do they even hire you? And he's like, and the guy's like, I asked the questions here, man. He was like, I'm like the Dark Horse. Dark Horse said to do this interview. And it's like. This is written out like this? Yeah. And he's like, did you want to talk about how much you love comic books and the art form more? And like totally just like going for it. Like getting his number. Yeah. And I was like. How does this? How is this a thing that 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 even remotely gets published? And at one point, he's explaining one of his characters, who is this Philip guy, and is like, "Actually, I've put this is a reoccurring character. I've put in all of my books." And he like names all these books. The Dark Horse interviewer goes, "What was that? Just like some plug for all your back catalog?" Um, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It comes to reveal that. The person interviewing him is the Philip guy from the book. Oh, my God. It's the author. Yeah. It's the author. <laughs> and obviously Matt Kitt, like, wrote this whole thing, which yeah. makes it even better because he just made fun of himself oh, the entire yeah. time. Yeah, it's like yeah. preying on, like, what you would assume would be, like, Matt Kent's insecurities. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which I don't know if that is, like, a clue in to this character being, like, a controlling cog in, like, everything. It might be the most funniest thing I've read in a comic book only just to the level of art that it took to get up to that joke. Yeah. Like, I've, <laughs> I've laughed more in comic books, but I've never been, like, so fooled and yeah. then been like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It made me totally... I love Matt Kent, but on, like, a next level. Yeah. Like, he's he's a he's a cool dude. So, yeah. So do it. <laughs> I guess if it's on a comicsology, you're not going to be able yeah. to. You're not going to read it. Nope. We uh, got it digitally, and it did not. Uh... <laughs> but I like, I I love editor's notes. If the whole comic book was editor's notes, there's a tiny bit of comic. <laughs> you just, just described the regular book. <laughs> if the comic was a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the novelization of Bang to come out to read it. <laughs> just pull out all the pictures, please. Which, if I know Matt Kent, he probably has already written it and just... You yeah, know, for fun. He is one of the craziest world builders ever. Yeah, he. Sh- I I took a bunch of weird Matt Kent variants to him at a con once, and he could tell I was a weird fan. <laughs> yeah, he called security over, <laughs> and, and he pulled out his sketchbook and was like, and was like, "Oh, I'll show you some stuff I've been working on." It was like s- such a cool thing for me. Sign this NDA. <laughs> and and he was just like walking me through like some stuff in his sketchbook and his notes and like diagrams he had for stuff were just fucking crazy. He was like there was some Exo Manowar stuff 
And he was just like, oh, he was just like, I think this just released. And I was like, that I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> and he was just like, ooh, never mind that one then. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> but he had like all these like new outfit like sort of things that were like so cool. Bang. Heady. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Next up, we have Wolverine on Marvel Comics by Benjamin Percy and Adam Kubert. Uh, This is a Wolverine book that happens in the storyline of all of the X-Men stuff. Um, Yeah, take it away on Wolverine. All righty. So, Logan finds himself a Wolverine in Paris in this first issue. (laughs) that's good that's really good thank you thank you (laughs) sent to continue his mission to protect Krakoa Logan encounters problematic reminders of his own brutality when a big bad comes to seek asylum and he also encounters a new more threatening entity to the mutant nation get a little bonus of him playing hide and seek though that was my new favorite Wolverine vibe for 2020. I would agree. Him being a wholesome man (laughs) and just playing around with kids. What's so funny about that, though, is that's the role he played with early Kitty Pryde. So for Kitty Pryde to make fun of him for doing that was, like, really cool Marvel meta. Yeah. It was... We get so, you know, oversaturated with Wolverine, supposed to be this berserker covered in blood... Canadian hard drinking cigar smoking beast that you don't realize that like fucking cut him a break let him have some you know humanity and like be able to like be his thing yeah yeah be well, a dad I think that's why this dichotomy works so well is he's got a, he's finally back in a position where he like slips up and starts to care about something as much again to where now he's got to fiercely protect it when it's threatened. So, but it's like, it's those two worlds colliding of like, yeah, he can be happy. He can have these things that he cares about. Now he's got stuff to lose. That's the classic Wolverine story, right? And I think the whole idea of Krakoa and this mutant nation where like, no one can die and like everything's happy and hunky-dory, like has put him in this like false sense of peace. And this book ripped all that away from him. This, so we may not be getting much of this fun no. new look Wolverine that we loved so much. No, it's like God a blip it. in the book, too. Yeah. Like, so Wolverine books are a big deal. They had a midnight release for this. This was an $8 number one. Yeah. It was a beefy boy. Two uh, books. This is two it books. It was two books. This, this is two, two separate books inside of it. This is, yeah, and it does actually start when like the Wolverine book starts versus like the X-Men Wolverine book. Yeah. Um, and so... In in that, like the starting of a new series, it's a little bit jarring to also be like, no, but technically this is in the Dawn of X canon, although it's a new Wolverine starting. Yeah. Like line, which you typically would be like, oh, thinking like, oh, Wolverine's going to go have this like uh, dark, gritty, uh, you know, whatever, 12 or 32 issue run. But it's all tied into Dawn of X, which, like, then they have to make it interesting, and they make it, like, about drug deals yeah. and vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm in. Which are, those are two things I yeah. love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think what I've been reading, for like, on Twitter is that, like, with this new Dawn of X, people are really enjoying it, but they have no idea when the fuck anything is happening. They've, like, released, like, six books all at once, and they're just like, okay, so... Yeah, Kitty Pride is alive like, in this one, but Kitty Pride is dead in another one. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's just well, like, have... how does it like check her out and like, you know, where do these intersect? And mm-hmm. so I think what they try to do with this Wolverine one, and anyone correct me if I'm wrong, is like they try to like, you know, have the best of both worlds. It's just like, yeah, he is part of Donna Don of X, and here's what he was doing at this current time, but we're gonna focus on Vampire Wolverine now, over here. I had very, very low expectations for this book, and this book was phenomenal from start to finish for me. The All the Dawn of X tie-ins, they made it just like this gritty, drug, Breaking Bad type of, like, book of sorts. Yeah. Some, somehow they found, um, like, a non-mutant counterpart who is exactly like Wolverine mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fighting him, fighting alongside him. They just don't really yet know it if it's going to be interconnected, which I liked as well. 
Totally. He even has like a scalp thing that's like a probably from a horrific traumatic right. event. Like it was great. And then they do this like crossover thing where they're like, Wolverine doesn't even believe anybody in Kokoa. And he's like kind of following ev- all. And he's like, it's weird that Apocalypse is here. It's, it's weird that Magneto just gets to like be here and like do his stuff. But I'm also kind of a bad guy. So everybody needs to be redeemed. And then it pays off because like his checks and balances of like the cha- chaotic neutral people kind of plays out in his own book. There's this, like, awesome aside where it also talks about the Order of X, uh, which is, like... The uh, religious Yeah, cults that, yeah. like, yeah, that worships mutants. Um, this book had so many, like, really cool, like, little ways to dip into different aspects of the mutant story. Yeah, I feel like the, the Order of X is probably going to come up again because that's such a weird, you know, like, fervor and cult thing that like could really come back to and bite them that pays off something in powers that we got a taste of that there were orders order of x people who were like fucking nutcases yeah uh so i'm i'm loving that that storyline keeps paying off and we're being hit with things that are like briefly teased um i know like a lot of the covers were like hidden um future things like spo- like spoiler covers mm-hmm. but we haven't seen like any of those things like totally pay off yet and this omega red thing was like that him walking through the portal the first time yeah. was like totally Spot. on a cover yeah. of one of the house or powers books like omega red is a complete and utter psychopath yeah he he literally i think his origin is that he was a serial killer um, convert like, or not converted, but like he conf- he conf- converted to mutinism. Converted to mutinism, but his like occupation was serial killer. <laughs> when you're on like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, that's what it would say for his <laughs> job title. I think I'm most intrigued by the whole black market phenomena of the Krakoan drugs that people are making, and that being used as a as drug to get people like high or like double their strength and double their intelligence it's like a useful speed right <laughs> and uh i i i think i'm i'm most wanting to see where that story goes because the older i get the more i like um the superhero stories that are mundane and based more in reality because mm-hmm. I'm weird like that. No, I get that. I think that's cause some of the beauty of, like, the stickiness of X-Men. Yeah. Just being, like, so deep that mm. when they do a normal thing with it, it makes it yeah. that much more interesting. Right. I mean, th- there's, like, whole issues of the series so far that focus on legislation or, like, m- meeting heads of state and things like that. And those are always the ones I gravitate towards. This definitely seems like that. Even, like, the the hooks that they give to get you through to the next book are, like, very political. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, look who shows up. It's like, this group has just accepted a meeting or just asked for a meeting, and it's like, okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's very, like, almost, uh, like, Star Wars type of politics going on where you're like, this is going to be what we're talking about for a while now. How interested are you in a book that where Wolverine just fights vampires? Very. Very. And, like, it's crazy that they they almost compared his blood, I think we talked about it earlier, to vampire blood. Yeah. Like, they were just, like, it's kind of like it to a degree, but, it's like... It's the closest cousin. Yeah, but, like, his blood, like, sponges out the enzyme that turns you into a full vampire. Oh, because they're both immortal. Correct, yeah. and, like, um, I forget what other comparison they make, but, like, they, they made the comparison that his blood is the closest cousin to vampire blood. So this may turn into, we may be seeing Blade pretty soon in all this. Remember when, like, there was that vampire story in X-Men long ago where, like, Jubilee turned into a vampire? Mm-hmm. Like, like the X-Men and vampires have their history, which is a, f- a fucked up sentence that I never thought I would say <laughs> ever. Uh, so I think it's cool. I think it's just like a throwback to old X-Men tales. You were, sho- I w- you were shocked at how much you liked it. Absolutely shocked. I was too. I do not consider myself a a very big Wolverine 
uh, fan. It's not really the book that I feel like is written for me. This book could not have been more directly center written for me. <laughs> so much happening in this book. Also so much happening with First Issue Club because this weekend we're headed to C2E2, everybody. We are so excited. This is our second year going back. We're going to see so many creators, artists, movie actors and actresses. And I can't wait to stand in line for a soda for 35 minutes. <laughs> Holy fuck, is there so many people in this goddamn thing. Yeah. Thankfully, we're only going Friday, so it'll be less of a panic-inducing <laughs> event like it was last year. Yeah. We we all bought the Waterworld kits so we can just piss into a bucket and turn it into, like, water. I just pee directly into my mouth. I had to get a good <laughs> arch going. It's Hey, if Bear Grylls has taught me anything. Right. It's I can just drink right from the faucet. Yeah, you wear a yellow tie, Mm -hmm. so on its way up, you don't notice any stains or anything. (laughs) Well, for me, I have to wear a red tie. I'm very sick. (laughs) I'm very sick. But the reason I bring this up is we're going to be kind of streaming our whole day there. We're going to be taking videos for the Instagram. We'll be taking pictures for the Twitter. We may even try to cut a episode while we're there to talk about all the fun things that we saw. So we're really excited about that. We really enjoy showing and sharing these moments with you guys. Um, while we're there, get at us. We will take pictures of anything you want. Me kissing anyone you want. <laughs> Just Ooh. whatever. Give me those likes, Ooh. baby. We'll kiss Give me all. that content. I think we said, too, that if you're at C2E2 on Friday, uh, hit us up. If you want to find us, because I think we're going to bring... If you want to kiss. Yeah, if you want to kiss from Greg, because I think we're going to bring some stickers and fun stuff, so yeah, you can get your hands on some uh, First Issue Club swag. We be having swag. We be having swag. <laughs> we swagged out. Swag. If you want a premium First Issue Club drip, hook it, look, at, look out for us. If you're wondering hook what Wolverine's <laughs> penis looks like... Yes. We have that for you. And what we think its size may be. Micro. <laughs> Teeny tiny. Just like him. Little bub. Little yeah. bub. His little bub. His little bub. No judgment. Just facts. No judgment. Just facts. Also, quick reminder. That's we do have he's a... so good at hide and seek. He always has to find it. <laughs> okay. Where are you, little bub? It's time to play. <laughs> Another quick reminder. We do have a Patreon with way more content on there. We get extra episodes. We got interviews. We got videos. We have this fun little segment that Mike does every week. He runs down the top number ones that we didn't get to cover on this episode, and he talks about them by himself like a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> and they're maybe my most favorite episodes on the Patreon. I hope they're working for everybody. I imagine it's just you in a completely... Dark room with one <laughs> light bulb right above you. You're smoking a cigarette, and you're just you're sweaty. Your brow is sweaty. You have so many string lines connected to different comic books. It's I record for eight hours, and it's like I didn't like the main character's purple suit. Oh, <laughs> f- f- go back. Uh, note to self: Go back and read. I'm redoing yeah. this line. <laughs> I hated his plapple suit. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Another edit. Just fresh take on that. Well, what's crazy is the episode's also eight hours. You don't. You forget to edit it. <laughs> you just release it. And like that's what I love. I love the journey into your madness. Mm-hmm. I break. I completely break myself down. Yeah. And then Sometimes build myself back up again. The last right. two hours aren't even a language I know. <laughs> Slip into tongues. It really is just a quick, just view of the human condition. Just <laughs> not quick. It's a long. It's a long yeah. view of the. I guess yeah. As far as time goes, it's not. <laughs> and don't forget to find us on iTunes. Rate and review five stars. Really helps us out in the algorithm universe that is uh, social media. So once again, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Wait, so my my sisters were telling me about this thing they go to sometimes where it's like a day party, but it's, it has a name and it's like Hawaiian themed. A luau? But you drink during the day. Luau. Well, no, it was like, it had a, 
a pun. <laughs> it had a pun? I'm looking it up. What is it? It's like... Is it Hawaiian, you said? So it's day drinking. It's day drinking, but it's a party. Like a darty? No, please no. (laughs) No, it's okay, we'll wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's a darty. Much like the term brunch fuses the best of both breakfast and dinner, darty fuses concepts of party and daytime. The darty. (laughs) I think that's... I would never say that out loud. Do you drink natter days at darties? (laughs) Do you guys know what a dart? Uh, oh God! There's a darty season. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. Um. <laughs> oh, fraternities throw darties in their front yards. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that a dart? Oh, don't let your sister go to those. Did you know that? A, <laughs> Sorry. An, another word for the for a dart or another definition of dart is when you fart out your dick. <laughs> oh my God, guys! Wait, guys. wait, wait, wait! No, wait, they've wait. taken it. They've taken it even one step further. And there's I just a thing. Darted. There's a thing called a dage, a dager. <laughs> oh, a dager. Oh, a day rager. Yep. Do this is I all alcoholism. This it's the, yeah. It's it's giving yeah. alcoholism names is what we're doing. Do you think now. they ever dart at a dager? <laughs> is that scientifically possible? <laughs> it sounds like this. Oh boy. Who's editing this episode? (laughs) I'm gonna have a fucking dream. (laughs) You're you're gonna have a dream? I've been working to get Dart in an episode for so long. (laughs) I'll edit. (laughs) No, I got it. (laughs) This will be the first time ever that we fought. You guys have fought over who gets to edit. The last word of the podcast is. Hello and welcome back to the first issue. (laughs) Off to a great start. First, the first Fissure Club. The first Fissure Club. We've changed our Uh, format and our toilet paper. Adding blood to your stool. Since the beginning of time. <laughs> We've always been there. <laughs> when you least expect it. <laughs> Today we're I'm Greg Loosestool. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that and, makes me gay. And with me is Mike Distinky. <laughs> and budget cramps. Ooh, budget cramps. <laughs> Oh, boy. Do we keep rolling with this? <laughs> I say so. Or do we start that we've, over? We've peaked at all our, all our sketch jokes. <laughs> Let's do it over. <laughs> <laughs>